one of the biggest things I see go wrong in like early stage startups is when two founders have the same skill set. What's the worst that can happen? We're friends. Yeah. Doesn't work out. I think there's that stage at the beginning where you have to be super transparent with one another, even if it's like a tough conversation to have. At the end of the day, what are you, are you in the business to make money or are you in the business to be famous? We never started the pod to get here. Yeah. Like that wasn't even the path that it was you supposed to You would have quit it, you did. Yeah, because 100%. That's it. Yeah. We spent to do the podcast 200,000. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So $200,000 with no thought that this would ever make us money back. Like if that's going to push the business forward, let's do that. So what's your guys goal for the podcast in the next two years? Welcome guys to the podcast. Appreciate you guys, you know, making it out here. I know you're in Miami as well. So yep. I'm sure we'll see each other around. Appreciate the invite. Yes. Appreciate the invite, yes, man. Yes, you got a sick you. setup here. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So obviously I want to start off just in the beginning, and obviously you guys, if you guys don't know, Money Buys Happiness, you guys have a you know, pretty big podcast and, and you guys just are building so much momentum now. How did you guys just wake up one day and say, hey, let's let's start a podcast? <laughs> Go on. Uh, that's, a, that's a funny, it's a funny story. So um, we actually own a um, creative agency based out of Toronto. We're, we're from Toronto, Canada. So we own an agency out there. Um, started in 2019 and we like took off. Uh, it was doing amazing. It was going really well. And the pandemic hit. We had a lot of our clients in hospitality at the time. So mm. pandemic hits, shut everything down. Like obviously Toronto is very different than Miami. Miami was only like a short period of time. Toronto was like closed down for like a year and a half. So that shuts down pretty much the first budget that was cut for all these clients was marketing. Cause they're like, well, we are closed. Yep. So why are we going to pay this agency to do our social media content, whatever. Um, so there was like a couple weird weeks, maybe like week and a half, two weeks of just like us just sitting in our office, empty, <laughs> our empty office with just like our money just depleting. And I just look at him and at that time we were, I got to say, we were actually watching a lot of Gary V. Like I got to be honest, he was Shout a big, Gary V. Yeah, Shout for real. Gary v, man. He was a big uh, inspiration for us. And the guy was just crushing content every day, 500 posts a fucking day on every platform. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, like, why is he doing this? What, what's going on? Whatever. And essentially, we kind of came to the realization of like, okay, everyone right now is at home and on their phones like a hundred times more than they would be pre-pandemic. Like they're, they're doing nothing. They're just looking at social media. So I'm like, dude, we got to find a way to just be there. Like we got to, we got to, we got to have as much content pumping as, as possible. And that was just the natural progression of that was, I was like, Hey dude, like if we just do yeah. a podcast, we can just crush podcasts. Originally we're like, Hey, we're going to just crush a podcast every day. Wow. Um, and that was kind of where it, it was born. We just thought essentially we would do like a, a marketing business podcast, hence the name, like money buys happiness. Um, and that's kind of what it started as. Um, so yeah, but we, I'm going to, I'm going to give you credit. Cause you, you came to me and you're like, yo, we should start a podcast. And the way me and Anthar are, we, we talk a lot. Like, you know, like we just talk, <laughs> we're Italian guys. So we always talk, right? So we have our studio in, in Toronto where we would have a lot of guests come by, not on the podcast, just clients, friends, uh, people that wanted advice on their business. And we just found ourselves talking to them for hours and hours. And at the end of it, we're like, fuck, that could have been a podcast. Like, you know, like, wow. and, True. and, uh, I think Ant saw that opportunity to be honest. Um, and he came to me and he was like, Hey, let's just start a podcast. And we're, we're those type of guys that will just do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. We don't think yeah. too much about it. We're not going to overthink or try to perfect it. We're just going to try it. And, uh, that's pretty much how it started. Nice. So how do, right. how do you guys know each other? So we were in, uh, we were both in nightlife before. So we were in, uh, in Toronto, in Toronto. So yeah. we were both club promoters there. 
um, before the agency and actually during the agency a little bit before pandemic. Um, and through that, we met each other. We were both doing very similar things, throwing special events, um, thousands of people. Um, and he kind of came to me and he said, hey, let's, let's just do it together because we'll just bring double the people. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we're like, yeah. all right, cool. That's easy math. <laughs> easy easy yeah. math. Right? Easy done. <laughs> um, and then we started working together from there. And, and um, through that, um, we just started to learn more about each other, what our strengths are and stuff like that. And, and um, he came to he came to me again. And he's yeah. like, uh, pretty, pretty much our relationship is like this. I see this guy. He is like in Toronto. He is like the guy. Everyone knows him like nightlife. Like this guy, everyone fucking knows Ernesto. I'm in nightlife too, but I'm, a, I know a fraction of the people that he knows. And so we're working together and whatever, and it's going really well. And I'm noticing, I'm like, dude, this guy, it, like people are coming to him for everything. Like, Hey, do you know a guy who can do websites. Do you got, you know, a guy, uh, you know, a good videographer. I have this brand and we're shooting videos. Do I need someone, a graphic designer? I need this. I need a fucking billboard. I need whatever. And the, I, you know, we're, we're in the office and we're working on like our events and stuff. And he's like, I see him doing all this. And he'd be like, yeah, talk to this guy, talk to that guy. And it's just like, it's every day, four or five people. And so this is where I'm like, okay, Dude, are you getting like, are you getting like a referral fee for like sending these people like business? Like, I wish. <laughs> was, am I missing something? And yeah. he goes, no, like whatever. Like I, I, you know, I connect them and then hopefully they'll come, they'll come to the club with me. They'll come to a special event and that's how I'll like make money off of the connection. We pretty much do anything for someone to show thinking up. that they would come out to the club. Like <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. insane, right? <laughs> so he's saying that, so he's saying that I'm, I'm like, okay, dude, no, <laughs> like we're, we're stopping that right here. I'm like, we need to start an agency. I'm like. 2019, it, f it feels late now, but like when you think about it back then, people even in terms of social media weren't like crushing it the way they are today. Yeah. So I was like, dude, we got to start an agency. And then that's kind of like where we took the next step of our like business partnership and said, okay, let's start this agency called Neighborhood. And then that that's where that was kind of born. So we were always around the same things, whatever. Um, and, and like he mentioned, you know, in a partnership, you, you see the strengths in, in each other. And I think with ours... I'm kind of the guy that like, I'm a little bit of the visionary, like I can see the next step, but this guy is the guy who actually creates the processes and like brings it to life. Cause I, that is not my strength at all, but he knows how to do that really well. And I'm always trying to see like, what's the next, like what's the next move for us, right? right? Or for the business. Yeah. So that's how we connect nightlife. And then that's sort of a very short summary, a lot of crazy moments in between, but a very short summary of how we connected and brought nice. it to life. And that's, that's so good that you guys have different skill sets because one of the biggest things I see go wrong in like early stage startups is when two founders have the same skill set. Yeah. Yes. And then like no you can't. There's it's, just there's just no point. You got yeah. too many chefs in the kitchen, as they yes. would say, right? And um, I think we established that very early on. Um, and we were friends as well, right? And I but we were not like best friends at the beginning, right? Yeah. We were more like, okay, we're friends, but we also do business, right? Yeah. And I think that's important too. I think a lot of people just get into business with their bestie and they're like, oh, let's do this together. Like, what's the worst that can happen? We're friends. Yeah. Right. And I think we both have experience where that just doesn't work out, especially when you're not transparent with each other. But there's also an ego thing involved. I think that's the thing people got to like, you know, detach from, because like you said, a lot of early startups, you know, two founders and they have the same skill set. And then what's the point? You're just, it's, it's, a, it's a waste of time and a waste of talent. But I think, I think what happens is a lot of people also like let their ego get in the way right so like for example for us like uh even with the agency like i mentioned he he was just much more known in toronto than i was um so you know i could have had an ego and tried to be like no i'm the guy like we're, we're both the guys but i i even think i said to him like at one point i was like hey listen like 
if there's got to be a face to the business, I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. It can be you. Like if that's going to push the business forward, let's do that. Like, you know what I mean? That doesn't bother me. I don't have an ego. I don't need to be the guy. I almost sometimes prefer to be in the back end. Like, it's just the way Which, that... To be honest, when you said that, I'm like, this is my guy. Like, you know what I... Exactly. Like, I'm like, okay, this this guy I can rock with because I've had experiences in the past where, you know, strengths again, where I don't have many like technical strengths. I, a strength of mine was my network at the time. Mm. And um, some of my previous partners would would not like that so much because then they thought, hey, well, I'm not in the, I'm not in the limelight. I don't... People don't know this is me too, right? Which is a tough pill to swallow. And... Um, again, now we're fine because everyone knows him as well, right? So I think there's that stage at the beginning where you have to be super transparent with one another, even if it's like a tough conversation to have. Um, and I think he knew that me coming from those other businesses, I felt that before and he, he pretty much said that and I was like, let's go. But that, that's why it's worked out for you guys, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the self-awareness too, to just know because you, if you, you want two people in the limelight, like there's not two CEOs, right? Well, you, you have to, right? And I think that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, what are you, are you in the business to make money or are you in the business to be famous? Which, which that's also another business on its own. But for us, we're like, I'm just like, dude, I just need the fucking, I need the house on the water, bro. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't care. Dude. <laughs> well, I don't we had, care. we had, we had goals and we had a vision and, and we knew like what lanes we each had to stay in to get there. Right. Because then if I start going in his lane, then maybe we're getting less attention on the brand or we're getting whatever, less people coming up to us or, or contacting us. So everyone knew what they had to do. And I think that, uh, that was, that was huge for us. That's the self-awareness part. Yeah, yeah. That's so smart. So marketing agency, like what gave you guys the thought to say, Hey, I need to start a marketing agency. Obviously that's very popular, mm-hmm. right? It's one of the biggest things I, I think I tried to start when I bought like a Ty Lopez course back in <laughs> 2016, 2017, I didn't do anything with it. But yeah. so. um, I think, you know what? I think there was a lot of experience on our end when it came to growing our personal brands because we had to, right? We were in nightlife and that's one industry where you just need people to know you. So you get very creative as to how you run your personal brand, right? And and we saw how certain things on social media would work and help us grow. And you know what? At that point we said, you know, I think we can help people grow their socials, whether it's personal brand or business, um, using our techniques that we did, let's say, in nightlife. Um, and I think that's that's when we came up with our first service, which was social media management, right? Because we didn't start an agency and then had all these services right off the bat, right? Yeah. Uh, we started with with a few services, uh, content creation, social media. Well, well, well. There was there was a te- like to his point, like our our agency, and still till this day is, is uh like we're a creative agency and we can pretty much do everything now. Like we have a, a department to handle almost anything. Um, but our first and still the pillar foundation of our agency is social management. And content creation and those two type of thing, types of things together. So like, what we were doing when we were when we were promoters and and nightlife, like we were doing these like side deals that no other promoters were thinking about. Where like, let's say like a restaurant would like pay us a fee every month to like show up before the club, have drinks. Which is popular now. This is popular now to do as a promoter. It is, yeah. but at the time, no yeah. one was doing that, and so so we we'd get paid to like go there. We'd bring like 15, 20 people, do like a nice dinner there, and then we'd give them content. So we'd, we'd get everyone tagging the stories, everyone that showed up, you had to like take stories of the food, whatever, tag it, tag them, then, you know, take pictures, whatever. And we're giving them this content and then we're noticing like, hey, this is actually helping. Like these restaurants are gaining more recognition and people are actually starting to book with them, right? We had one restaurant, one of our first clients ever that was like pretty much a dying restaurant. Like they were losing money like crazy. We came in, started managing their socials and 
it's been six, it, within six months they were one of the best restaurants and now and wow. now they went from from 2019 almost shutting down to one restaurant to today they have the owner has five restaurants yeah all just wow. from like organic social growth right so um you, you know be, you have to be very and and this is something i want to bring up you have to be very confident in yourself when you're starting a business right because at that point we were promoters, right? So now we're trying to change the game and say, no, 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 but we're also agency owners. And that's, that's hard. It's that's hard. hard to adapt. It's hard. To. it's hard to change people's minds once you're, once you're in an industry like nightlife, right? Um, so we were very confident in ourselves going to these businesses saying, hey, you need us. It's not just like this is going to help your business. Um, and there was a lot of conversations where, and again, we don't have a marketing background. We didn't go to school for marketing. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of conversations that we had to convince convince businesses to use social media could you believe that 2019 2019, 2019 rest like there was restaurants and, and and other really big businesses that were like do i really need an instagram or like what the fuck are you talking about like are you, are you well, they crazy get comfortable, right they're yes. saying oh well I'm, I'm doing i'm doing pretty good like i'm good you know people get comfortable <laughs> yeah. right so at that point you kind of have to use one restaurant as a case study and you know how it goes you use that one you get to the next one hey look what look what happened at that restaurant though right or simply send out some food and I'm going to take some some stories and see what happens. Yeah. Start getting DMs. Oh, uh, can I get a reservation there? And, sh- and, so, then, and then, you know, it goes with a business. Like when you see something working, then you just, you go all in. So course. at that point, like nothing else mattered. And the moment that we had our first couple clients that trusted us and, you know, if you guys ever see this, thank you so much. Um, they started trusting us. We saw it was working and then it was just like all in, like, let's go, like shut out everything else. And let's just like, let's just crush this agency, right? Start offering new services and stuff like that. So sort of how it happened and a little bit of the beginning, that's, that's like kind of where we were. So how did you guys get your first, I don't know, five clients? I feel like that's the toughest. Yeah. Yeah, So I think we were blessed in the fact that through nightlife, we already were associating ourselves with brands, right? So like a beer brand, uh, tequila brand clothing brands, right? They would, they would say, Hey, wear this when you go out tonight. Right. So those were the people that we actually went to first, the ones that we already established trust with. Right. And I think people that kind of goes over a lot of people's heads when they start a business, it's like, okay, but don't start by trying to get a random person as a client. Think about who, you know, who's in your network. If you have a thousand followers, do all a thousand know that you have a digital agency? Probably not probably 20, 30 of them. So focus on those first 1,000. I think that's what we did. Focused on brands we already worked with, already established trust with. They knew us. Um, and again, we were doing shit for almost free. Like the, if, if, we no, told you the amount, free, if we told you the monthly retainer amounts, you'd be like, how did you guys 500 eat? bucks. Right? Yeah. 500 bucks a month. Like but to, going above man. and beyond for everything. right? And, and, and also, like I, I, I know we're in the digital age now and, and everyone wants to do online shit. And I totally understand that because we're obviously partially in that as well. But... You cannot underestimate the power of an in-person meeting. I think like still till this day, like that helped us get a lot of the deals that we ever, we have like that we've ever done. And even our biggest ones was like, you got to go sit down with someone in person. Like if you really want to convince someone to pay you every month on a retainer or whatever, like they, they want to see you. They want to, they want to feel that connection in person. You can't get that over zoom. Like I don't care what no one says, which is also I think why we're doing this podcast in person. Yeah. Right. It's a different type of conversation. And so at the beginning, looking into our network who like already trusts us but then even then like going sitting down with them and being still like, wasn't hey. easy right because again it's a new service yes. right it's no no longer like okay you'll drink tequila you'll bottle shot tequila all night <laughs> for this amount right like now we're switching it up right and i think another thing we did which bouncing back on the eagle um which i see a lot of today right someone will start an agency and all of a sudden their pricing is as if 
they've been in business for 10 years and they've worked with Prada, Gucci, Ferrari and everyone, right? <laughs> so it's like, you can't do that. We were very humble in that sense where we would charge them <clears throat> something we knew they would pay for a new service, but also go above and beyond, right? So yeah, maybe they were paying 500 bucks a month, but now that would probably be five to $10,000 a month, right? Yep. But we had to start somewhere, right? No ego. We just said, hey, we got to prove to these people, right? Because we know, especially the first few clients, that's that's your bread and butter. That's how you're going to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you guys were obviously still doing nightlife while you're starting it up. Yep. When did you make the decision to leave nightlife and go all in? Well, that, that which by the way, was like the, I probably want to say one of the best, but also worst periods of my fucking life because <laughs> we were doing three nights a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, depending on the week. Um, and dude, that's every night drinking bottles of tequila, yes. like crushing. Like, I have a lot really... of friends at nightlife here and I'm okay. just like, it's, it's How do you the do balance. It? Yeah. 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 You, 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 you like by the third night, like you're pretty much knocked out for the rest of the week, just trying to recover off the two, three nights that you had to promote. Right. Yep. Um, so man, honestly, at the beginning we were doing that because when we started the agency, we're like, okay. Like he mentioned, we're in nightlife. So if people like, we also need this, like we have this feeling of like, we need to prove to people that we can be professionals. Like you, you'll see us on Friday, Saturday night, chugging bottles on our IG story, but come Monday, like we're, we're professionals, like in our office doing big man work, you know? So we, so with that being said, we're like, we got to get an office. So right away we spent a couple months looking for offices. We found one we liked, we dropped it. Like, and I think at the time it was like five or six K a month. And we had zero clients. So now we're like, okay, six, we have this fucking office that we're paying for every month that we have no clients like this is crazy. So that forced us to have to do nightlife still. Yeah. Um, so we did nightlife 2019 well, for, way before, but during the, during the, the building of the business, when we started 2019 and we did it all the way up until the pandemic. Um, and, and, the, and again, the reason we were doing that was to pay the bills. So pretty much every dollar we were making from nightlife, which I think maybe at the time was 10k a month like between both of us um, total 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 yeah. um we were just like paying rent paying our like first few employees like you know paying all our subcontractors because like he mentioned even even once we got our first few contracts there may be 500 bucks yeah. a month maximum like our biggest one maybe in the first six months was like 1200 dollars a month which like that's fucking nothing right yeah. so we still had to do nightlife to pay the bills and that's another thing where it's like like he was saying like Okay, we're basically going to work for free on the agency side just to build exposure and show that we can do this, but we're still going to crush bottles on the weekend to make sure we can pay for, for the other business to keep it flowing. Crazy. So yeah, we did that from, I'd say, beginning of 2019 all the way through to the pandemic. And I'd say closer to when the world shut down, we were already having conversations like, okay, we need to get out of nightlife now. <laughs> like it's getting to that point where it's like, we need to get the fuck out. But also when the money's so good and it's helping pay the bills, it's hard to leave. Correct. Right. So that was one of the biggest blessings of the pandemic that it happened. The club shut down and it pretty much forced us. We had no choice. Well, clubs, clubs are closed now. And like I said, it wasn't like Miami for two months. Toronto was years that we were closed. So clubs are closed. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, perfect. This is exactly the, our way out. Time to go all in. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Now we can really move that aside and sure that extra 10K it hurts not having it, but now we got to find another way. And then we just, that's kind of where we went 10 times harder. Yeah. And I think a lot of this stuff in life, you have to see it like the half glass, yes. you know, full versus half glass empty, right? Like mm -hmm. people can say, man, like now I got to leave this, I lose my income. Or you can see it as, Hey, 
this is a sign. Let's go all in. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's so. how we look at things. We look at those things as always blessings. Yeah. Always. If we're going to give up after that, what's, we weren't serious to begin exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I think if you're a true entrepreneur, when, when you get knocked down, when you lose a big client, a big sponsorship deal, a big, whatever, like a big source of income, like if you're a real entrepreneur, you're looking at that and saying, I have to go 10 times harder now. Like there's no, maybe I was a little comfortable. Maybe I needed that. Right. Whereas like, I don't think if you're a real entrepreneur, you're not really going to see it that way. You're going to cry about it for a while. You're going to whatever. And another but, thing too, like we, we always say what we're going to do before we do it a lot. Like we put it out there. Like this is what we want to, this is who we're going to be, or this is where we're going to be in a year. And I think that pressure put on us really helps us move and shake because we, we don't want anyone to say, oh, these guys didn't do what they said. We're like very like, we're very like, no, that. We're, we're like <laughs> if we say we're going to do something, we'll, we'll do everything possible to get there. Right. And we don't just say it just to, you know, for some cloud. Or but, but like you said, we'll literally like, if, if we have a, a goal or something, like we'll go on IG and be like, we're doing this. And then it's just like that, like you can't back down now. Yes. So that's kind of the one thing I like. And so that was sort of, you know, again, when we said we're going to be agency owners and we're going to do all this shit, we told everyone before we did it. And then it was just like that pressure to like, okay, well, I'll look like an idiot if I don't do it now. Yeah. So I have to do it. You know what I mean? And a lot of these things, they're just, it reinforces your guys' character and reputation, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure you guys know there's a lot of people who say they're going to do something and don't do it, yeah. right? And that's the other way. But if you can do what you say, which is very few people, you're going to just double down and stand out and, and keep going. You gain so, respect, right? Yeah. You just gain a level of respect. And then I think that's when other bigger entrepreneurs, maybe that you want to get in contact with, you want to do work with, have on the podcast. When they see that you said something and you did it, they're like, they're way more inclined to be like, yeah, I'll fuck with this guy. You yeah. know what I mean? And then that's why we like using IG to do that or, you know, whatever platform you use mainly. That's why we like to put it out there because people can look back. Oh shit. A year ago, this guy said he was going to buy a Ferrari. Yep. And he was going to grow this business to seven figures, eight figures. A year later, here he is, his Ferrari and his, his agency is doing 10 feet, you know, whatever. Exactly. It's like, okay, there's a respect aspect. So that's the beauty, I think, also of like using, using these platforms to sort of set these goals. And, and, and it's also like a, it's a little like a autobiography of like who you are and the goals you set. And did you actually do what you said you were going to do? Right. We like using, we like using social media for that aspect to like set the goals and, and really like tell people the story, like how we got to where we are today type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think you need to have a, as an entrepreneur, like I think you need to have a good track record of doing things that you said you were going to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think, I think that's what people look at. Um, that, that builds the most trust, but I think that's what entrepreneurship is all about. Your track record of, of how many times did this guy do what he said he was going to do? I think that's, that's very powerful. So when people put it out there, they should mean it. Because people, people really, they're either going to be attracted to you and say, wow, I got to be near this guy. I got to know what he's doing or the opposite. This guy's been saying he's going to do this for five years yet. He hasn't done it. hundred percent. And people know, they know, yeah, they, they know, know. They yeah. can see you right pick through up it. fast. You can yeah. see right through this stuff. Yeah. So cool. Pandemic happens, right? Mm -hmm. Leave nightlife. Obviously the pandemic isn't the most ideal situation because of restaurants and stuff as well. Yeah. Right. So how did you guys navigate that, that point? Yeah, yeah. So essentially from there, I think we did like a couple shroom trips <laughs> just to get the mind fucking, just sure. to get the mind going and, and get clear headed on our intentions and what we thought would be the best move, you know, going forward. Um, and then, like I said, it was kind of just an idea of where we're like, okay, everyone is on their phone a hundred times more. Like we're trying to tell our, our clients like, guys, 
this is the time because not all our clients were hospitality. We had, a, we had a big chunk of them, but we had we had products, we had services, other things that we're that we're doing, and we're trying to tell them like, guys, everyone is on their phones a hundred times more. They're, they're stuck at home. They're not working. They're doing nothing. Like this is this is like like a, a whole new fucking plot of land on on IG fucking real estate just opened up, and like who's gonna take that? Like who's who's gonna take that? So, um, we we're trying to we we're trying to tell businesses that, but then at the same time, like I said. A lot of them weren't really listening. And then that's when I turned to him and said, we got to start the fucking podcast. And again, starting the podcast, initially, the thought process wasn't that we were going to make money from it. wasn't that we were going to blow up and this would be like our next big business. It was more of like, okay, maybe we can talk about everything that like we're talking about in private of like why businesses should be online more now than ever. All these different things. And hopefully that will kind of... um, you know, open some businesses eyes in if they're thinking about doing digital marketing or whatever, that like we'll be sort of top of mind. Um, so that was literally our next move. Like it wasn't really too calculated. It was just like, start the podcast. It'll help our personal brands. It'll kind of help us educate. Um, and hopefully that will bring the agency some clients, some clients, which again, well, even on the agency side, I think one thing we decided to do maybe a bit pre pandemic, but, um, we always said, no matter what, we're going to continue to market neighborhood because we saw a little, a lot of digital agencies around that they had great clients, they had great services, but they were not marketing themselves as they would a client. And I never understood that. I was like, why don't, why don't they just keep marketing themselves? Like they have a great client. That doesn't mean that they, they don't have no engagement or no presence online. So I think that was something that we doubled down on as well. Neighborhood. No, that that, um, that was a big thing when 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 we even started the, the, like you said, we started the agency. That was something that he had in mind. That I think was a genius thing. Like, you probably can't really name any like big agencies like based off their brand. Like none of them really carry a brand. It's more of just like, who's the founder behind it. Um, but and what's their clients and yeah. who are their clients, yeah. but there's no agencies we noticed that were like actually creating a culture around the agency. Cause I was just like, okay, if I'm going to go to a marketing agency, don't I want to see how they market themselves? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just thought that was confusing and I didn't see many at the time. Maybe now there's many more that are marketing themselves and, and doing more guerrilla marketing or anything like that. But at that point, I was just like, no matter what, if we just continue to market ourselves, we'll be good because that's the proof. People were coming to us and say, I want to market with you because we saw what you did with neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a key point for anyone trying to start an agency out there or thinking about starting an agency. I think that always keep focusing on the agency, the marketing of the agency itself, because one day you can have no clients. Right. But if you continue to focus on your brand, you'll actually seem bigger than you are. Right. Mm. So that's what we did online very well. We seemed much bigger than we were. We were competing with some of the biggest agencies in Canada at that point on an online basis. Right. Now they must have had maybe 50 employees. But if you just saw one page, our Instagram versus another, you would actually think we're the bigger agency. Same. So that's why there was internships coming to us hundreds. Right. People <laughs> that were graduating with an MBA in business that had offers at Deloitte, the MLSC, big corporations. They wanted to come work with us. Because we seemed so, cool online. Yeah, like that's, that's truly smart. what it was. So you're building culture that way as and well. It, and I, I, that's what I was very, I was very strong on that point. And it was, and, and also it was, and still is a point of, uh, you know, a point of focus for an exit strategy. Like, can this agency, like if someone wants to buy our agency one day and that's the goal, maybe five, 10 years down the road, if we have a bigger agency that wants to buy us, if the agency is only being pushed by us personally, like people only want to work with the agency because of Anthony Ernesto, no agency is going to buy you. 
the agency has to live on its own as a brand for another agency to want to come by you, right? Yep. So if we can now remove Anthony and Ernesto from neighborhood and neighborhood still crushing clients on its own, like you have a better chance of a massive agency coming and saying, yeah, we'll buy you because you're not, you're not so connected to the founder. If the founder walks away after the, um, after the purchase, this business is still going to run. People yep. know neighborhood as its own, not Anthony and Ernesto own this agency. Oh, what's the agency called? Um, I think it's like neighborhood or something. It's like, no yeah. neighborhoods, the agency. Cool. Oh, and oh, I didn't even know Anthony and Ernesto were behind that. Yep. You know what I mean? And so that was always yeah. our, our way of thinking. And that's a sweet spot too. When you start to realize that your clients are no longer your buddy from high school or, yeah. or yeah. you know, your friend or your cousin, once you start to pass that, you're you're on the right track. Yep. Once once you get someone, I never heard this person before. I don't know who this is. Why? I found you guys online. I remember yes. the yeah. first couple of clients we had like that, and we were so excited. We were so pumped. <laughs> yeah. We're like, wait, this person doesn't know me or Anne. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is what we wanted, right? Because you can get used to that. At the end of the day, you can you can get used to being that person that I need to be here giving the clients and getting putting the word out. But that's why you need to focus on the brand itself, right? It yep. becomes just as big as you, or even bigger. Yep. So, so, so full circle to answer your question are, are like pandemic hits. We lose the clients. We're like, okay, starting the podcast, that's going to help our personal brands and also can still potentially bring business to the agency and the agency. We're still going to do things, um, that are going to push the brand of the agency regardless. So like, again, to keep in mind, like our account is just depleting every month because we're not really gaining many new clients yeah. or any at all. And you're losing because of the pandemic. Exactly. But we're still, we're still, you know, funding this now, this, uh, this podcast, and we're still doing things that are promoting the brand. So we went out and got like a billboard, um, at Dundas square, which is like Toronto's version of times square. Like we went and like just blew racks on that, like different things to still make people think like, Oh my God, pandemic, all these people lost these clients, but neighborhoods still going like that. Like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So those were kind of the two things that we did that we decided to do yeah. when, when the pandemic hit. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So when did, I guess, like, when did you guys, when did the podcast start to take off now? Right? Yeah. Cause I'm sure you guys were doing both at the same time. Yeah. I'm sure the pandemic, you were guys just trying to make it through essentially yes. versus yeah. like try and grow. Where did the shift start to happen? I'd say on the podcast side. Um, for the pod, I mean, it's just, it was the fucking slowest grind of all time. Yeah. Like it was actually yeah. very, the, the agency actually picked up very quickly again. Really? Um, I'd say six months, like March. So March, 2020, everything shut down within six months. I think we were like right back with the agency. It was all, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird because I think people started to realize, okay, this is going to end eventually and I got to get back in it. And a lot of people felt behind too, because there was agencies like ours and businesses like ours that went, that doubled down and went even harder. Right. So people felt like a FOMO, I feel as well, yeah. right? Where they're like, they have to catch up. Oh shit, now shit's opening. Okay, spend all our money back on marketing, right? Yep. So we felt that as well. That came through. But even with the podcast, I want to mention this. We didn't start a podcast so that we could blow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's like some that's like a key. We didn't start it so that we can have a hundred thousand subscribers or do all this cool shit that we're doing now, actually. We just did it because we liked doing it. Right. And I think that also goes over a lot of people's head nowadays, right? They just see someone like yourself. They're like, oh, look at this podcast set up. Look at me smashing it. I just want to do it so I feel that way too, right? And you can you can tell when that happens. I'm going off on a tangent a bit here. No, go, go. Um, but yeah, that, that was a key for us. And I think that's what let us go so hard for so long without growth. Because I would say... <laughs> well, dude, we had... You got to say, we, we probably had almost 100 episodes 
And and even with 100 episodes, there was maybe a handful of them. Maybe you count on two hands how many episodes reached 1,000. Yeah. Maybe one hand. Wow. So it was the slowest fucking grind of all time. I think after 100 episodes, we might have had maybe five, 600 subs. Wow. Yeah. But so like he said, we were, we were yeah. doing it because we liked it. Yeah. Like it wasn't even yeah. like, that's the thing. It was like, if this thing, there wasn't even like, we didn't even have a convo no. to say, if this thing blows up, we never thought it would. Yeah. We literally just enjoyed doing it because we were getting to sit down with people. Um, and a lot of them, if you go back to our first 50, 100 episodes, you probably have no idea who they are. But yeah. you know what? A lot of them also became our client, which was sick. That's it. But, but so that's, those were the benefits we saw from it. We're always like, okay, dope conversation. Got to sit down with this guy, tell his story. Wow, he's he actually likes us more now because you know how it is with a podcast. You sit down with someone, your best friends after. Yep. So these people would also see our brand, see our studio, and be like, "Wow!" So it was exposing neighborhood as well. So that was, I think, that was probably the only benefit that we were really strong on at that point. Besides, obviously, liking that the was podcast. It. I would say the biggest thing was that we liked it straight yeah. up. The biggest thing was that we just liked doing it. Um, but where did we start to see a, like a more of an uptick? Because it was a very slow. The uptick came when we actually started speaking out. Now, when I say speaking out, um, again, just to reference, like we're in Miami. Miami was shut down for two months. Freedom fucking state. Like do whatever the fuck you want here, right? Toronto was like... (laughs) The polar opposite. It was like, yeah, dude, shut down. Don't leave your house. Wear 700 masks. Like get every, you know, whatever. I don't want to get you fucking demonetized (laughs) here. Do a lot of things that we didn't like. That we didn't like anyway. So, um, we you know, we got to a point where we had this little tiny following. Um... And then we were just like, dude, like there's so much crazy corrupt shit happening in Canada. Um, let's just like go on a tangent and start talking about it, which like um, we also have another. We have, we, well, we have two other partners now, but at the time we had one other partner in the agency, which is Anna. Shout out Anna. It's Shout actually Ernesto's sister. And um, and so when we started, OK, so just to break it down. So we so. Pandemic happens. OK, whatever. We start the podcast. We're talking about business. I um, mean, as as. The pandemic continues in in Canada, and they're not opening up businesses, and they're not doing anything like that. Let's say 2021, we really started to speak out. We just like didn't care. We said anything we wanted, like uh, out against the government, shitting on Trudeau, our prime minister, whatever, saying anything, like whatever. And um, and that's when people started to really fuck with the podcast. To be honest, they're like, holy shit, there's these like two guys, like who are just like an agency. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? And they're, yo, they're saying everything. They're like. I want to say I'm thinking, but I'm too scared because I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to like be, not be able to provide for my family, whatever. I don't want to lose friends. And we were he, like their mouthpiece at yeah, that point. And we were like just these two, these yeah. two schmucks that were just like saying whatever the fuck we wanted. And that's when the podcast started to like gain a little more traction. It went so from we, 100 subs to 500 subs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I say a little, like 400 <laughs> subs, not much. Yeah. But that's when it really started to pick up. We started speaking our mind. And then and that's that, kind of where the podcast took a, like a real life of its own. And I want to, I want to touch on that quickly because I think, again, we were being super genuine the whole time. Right. And we weren't scared to say what we wanted to say. Um, and I think a lot of people put themselves in their own box where they can't say certain things. They can't feel certain things because of the people around them. And, and, I mean, once we did that and we saw how, how people reacted um, and they loved it. And a lot of people even said like, oh, like, how about like your, your agency though? What if you lose clients and stuff? And we, it actually went the other way and we actually started getting a lot more clients that had similar values to us. They didn't care how good we were at social media. They just like, you fucking think like me? Let's do that. Let yeah, I have a business. Yeah, let's go. Right? So you never know how things are going to play out um, when you follow your gut and you just stay true to like your, your real morals and, and, and your values. 
so yeah, that's kind of yeah. where it took off. We started wow. speaking our mind like from a political standpoint, uh, which again, we never thought we would do, but that was kind of the beauty of the podcast is that we, we had this starting direction, but then we're just like, whatever, we didn't care. Like it, we weren't planning for it to blow up. We weren't planning for anything. So it was, it was just like a, a place that every week we could just talk our shit. Yeah. So we, were you guys filming what, one episode a week or what was the cadence? Yeah, we've we we've changed. We, we so the first, it up. the first, what was it, the first season or the second no, season? We second, recorded no. the whole thing. First season, we did one a week and we did, I think, like maybe 30 ish episodes. No, 15 maybe. You think yeah, less? Yeah. Less, okay. Less, yeah. Maybe 15, 20 episodes. Yeah. Then, then, like the second season, we tried to do this thing where we filmed everything first. And then release the whole season insane. every week, <laughs> wow. which was kind of stupid. Because we were trying we took... to be efficient because we had the agency, yes. right? So we're yes. like, "Fuck!" Like we're not pro podcasters. We can't just leave our business and do this. So we actually recorded a whole season, yeah, and then released the whole season. We did that, that and wow. then we switched up to like, then we started doing two a week, yep. releasing two podcasts a week, which was crazy because then you got to film like fucking eight podcasts in a week. It was ridiculous. So we've tried a little bit of everything, but during but during that come up point that little like i said 100 subscribers to 500 was like every uh two a week that was where we started to notice because then youtube's like oh okay you're feeding us more content feeding the algorithm so we'll kind of push you a little bit more interesting that was the cadence and, we, and we had some experience with with content creation and and what would hit what wouldn't hit and man we were we were pumping out like all types of content from an episode like we would have the cover art go out we'd have photos behind the scenes we'd have reels go out clips go out the full episode go out and at that point, again, this is like, what, what year is this? This is early 2020. Yeah. So y you would think reels weren't that popular back then. They, they weren't. It wasn't yeah. like you saw a lot of podcasters with yeah. the subtitles in 2020. You would never see yeah. that. So we were one of the first people, I would say, in that, in that province or country, to be honest, from what I've seen, mm -hmm. doing, those, doing that type of content. And the guests would love it. So that's how we got a lot of guests, because of the content. They would see the content we're creating for other guests, and they're like, I want that too. Whoa, a reel of me talking like yeah, they never had it remember before. no one was yeah, like no it's it it. 2020 no one's doing no one's chopping up podcasts you know in 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 that short form real format no one's doing it so we just like we're just like what the fuck like this is the easiest thing ever and then like he said yeah like our are like we'd have one person on and then we'd get the bigger guest because the bigger guest would be like whoa i want a video of me like saying something really cool you know what i mean and i can yeah. post it on my ig so that's we use that to kind of level up the guests every time as well and again that's being smart. in canada like media is always behind there yeah way behind yeah. so it could have been popular here already which i'm sure it was or or in the us in general but that time like you could count on your hand how many podcasts there were wow yeah yeah gotcha yeah so you started to see the uptick in the podcast now what like it's it's like okay do we start doubling down here, take it more seriously? Like, cause you know, running a business full time, yeah. it's very tough to think about even just two different things. Yeah. Right. Like what was your guys thought process now? Um, so yeah, when we started seeing the, the uptick, like I said, we started speaking out more from a political, like our, our, our ideologies and putting that out. Um, that's when we noticed like the jump and then we were just like, yeah, maybe there's something here. But again, when I say something here, I don't even mean that there was like, we thought that we could make money. We were just like, oh, okay, like we can just build an audience, like, and whatever that does for us in the future, like, again, maybe more clients for neighborhood for the agency. Um, so then we started doubling down in the sense of like we we started like like really honing in on like making our content really good. Uh, production uh, production level went up. We actually moved offices to like a more aesthetically pleasing office. Nice. We got the plants in the background. We did this whole big thing, um, and then I would say that's kind of how we more doubled down. Um, 
but then the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing was, I guess I'm sure you want to get to this point. I'll just kind of segue us into that. The, the biggest uptick for us, I'd say, and maybe not even from a view standpoint, but like us realizing like, okay, this could be huge was, um, we had 905 shooter on. So 905 shooter, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was Nelk's, uh, one of Nelk's videographers in the really early days. Um, and was like pretty much there for like a massive portion of their come up. So he got kicked out of Nelk at that point. Um, he's from Canada, from Toronto as well, or just outside Toronto. Um, so, uh, I think I got in contact with him. I'm like, dude, come on the pod. This is cool. Like whatever. I was a fan of Nelk at the time. He wasn't so much. I eventually got him into it, <laughs> but, um, so I'm like, dude, I'm like, Hey man, we got to get this guy 905 shooter. This would be sick for the pod, whatever. And so we have him on and I like make a, I make like a point of like looking at the camera and we have this clip and I look at the camera and I'm like, yo, Kyle, I know you're going to see this. Like, and if you do, bro, hit me up. Like, we need you on the pod. Um, and, you know, fast forward months, he ends up seeing it. And then we, I, I, get, a, I get a message from one of my buddies and he's like, yo, they just mentioned you guys on the Full Sun podcast. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you talking again, about? Again, 500 subs. Yeah, again, we have no, like, yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're under a thousand subs, like probably five, 600. And, um, and he's like, no, dude, like they mentioned you guys. I'm like, what I'm like, send me the clip. Like, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. And it was actually a, uh, at the beginning, they were doing some audio only episodes and they did one with 905 shooter, like a couple months after he came on our pod. And, uh, like, again, it was audio only. And my buddy like sends me the, the clip and Kyle goes to him like, Hey man, I saw you like did some like local Toronto podcast. Um, who are those guys? And then, so shout out 905, Jason, Jason's like, shout yeah, I know. He's like, yeah, they're just these guys from Toronto, this podcast, whatever. And Kyle was like, yeah, it was a cool pod. And then like, that was it. The, the, the thing was like seven seconds of, yeah. of their like hour and 30 podcast. I sent it to him right away. I'm like, dude, we're on the, we're on the map. We're yeah. on the radar. Like they saw us. Like, this is crazy. And, uh, that was the point where we realized like, whoa, okay. If we get more strategic with like who we bring on, we can like try to like get someone bigger to notice us. Like what, like, you know? So then there started becoming more like. Okay, we're going to have him on because this guy follows him. So if he posts a clip from our podcast, this guy might see it. Like we were choosing guests literally based on like who, chance who knows them. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that then we started getting strategic in that at that point. Um, but I think like the first time we got really strategic with it, it ended up just like working. So we got Kyle's attention. Um, and then, you know, I think maybe it was like a, a, a week or two after my buddy sent me the clip. I was just like at home, like just stoned on my couch on a Friday. I was just like, fuck, finally no work. Like I'm done. Let me just chill out tonight. Smoking, smoking a joint, whatever. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to DM Kyle and he probably will never see it, but whatever. I'm just going to DM him and be like, bro, big fan. I know whatever, like you, you, you know of us to some extent, would love to get you on the pod. And so it's like a Friday night. I send him the DM, no response Friday night, Saturday morning. I look at my phone. I got a response, Kyle, Kyle, at Kyle, whatever. And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm down. And that was all he said. I screenshot, I sent it to him. I'm like, this is going to be our biggest fucking guest. This is amazing. Oh my God. What the fuck? Whatever. Um, so we <laughs> crazy. So pretty much I, I'm like, okay. I'm like, listen, I'm like, I'm going to tell him that cause they're in LA. I'm going to tell him that 
we're planning this trip to LA that, and we're already going to be there. So like, Hey, may as well have you on while we're there. We had no plans of going to LA, nothing. So I hit him with this whole thing. I'm like, Hey man, I think it was like in November, like November from this day to this day, we're going to be in LA. Like we may as well have you on type of thing. And he responds and he's like, Hey man, honestly, like we're just hella busy. And like, I don't want to like promise you a date and I can't do it. Um, but I think it'd be cool to like, get you like to, to come do it. I'm going to be back in Toronto. Like, uh, near Christmas, whatever to be, with my, to be with my family. So maybe we can do it then. I think it'd be cool to do it in your studio, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Like as long as we're, no, we're in contact at this point. Um, and then I guess you, you want me to still keep going yeah, on that yeah. storyline? Okay. Good story. After this, we go to Miami. So then, okay. So that happens and we're like, okay, he's seeing us, whatever. Um, and then, like I said, that was kind of the point where we're like, okay. Was this a year ago, by the way, or, or what? This was, was, this was, this was 20, the end of 2021 yeah. so between okay. like November and December of 2021 is when that DM conversation goes through and whatever. So, um, go leading into January of 2022. Um, now we're kind of staying on top of him and just seeing what he's doing. Cause we're like trying to like find the way to get him on. Cause we know that'll yeah. springboard the pod. Right. Yes. Um, and he actually puts out a tweet on Twitter and he goes, Yo, we're thinking of signing a podcast, like to come under the full send umbrella. Like, let me know who you think we should sign. And I saw that and I sent it to him and he's like, okay, we are going to send this out to everybody that we fucking know and make sure that they respond to it being like at the MBH podcast, whatever. Smart. And that's what we did. And so I think like he puts a tweet out and maybe we had like three, 400 of like our 500 subscribers <laughs> go and respond. MBH podcast, MBH podcast, MBH. And so I'm like, I'm pretty sure it just got to a point where he's like, holy fuck. Okay. I need to like, just see what's up with these guys. Yeah. And so that happens. And maybe like a week after that tweet, um, I get a notification on my phone at Kyle is following you. I'm like, here we fucking go. So I see that. I look at the DMS. He's like, yo, send me your number. I'm like, here we go. So I'm like keeping him, I'm keeping him like in the loop of like what's going on. Um, so I send him my number and then he shoots me this, like pretty much this long text text of being like, listen, um, we're interested in bringing you guys under the umbrella, whatever. Like we want to test it out. Like want to bring a pod under, you know, are you guys willing to move to the States? Are you willing to leave everything behind? Whatever. And I, I'm not even asking him at this point. Cause I know what his answer is. I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'll leave tomorrow. <laughs> like you just let me fucking know. And, um, and he's like, okay, cool. Like we're going to draft up like a contract and like figure things out. Give me like, give me like a, a week or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Week goes by nothing. Two weeks goes by nothing. Three weeks goes by nothing. And again, there's that part of like where you're an entrepreneur, where do you say like, do you cry about it? Or do you say like, Hey, maybe now we got to go 10 times harder. So he, it's sort of like, he has no choice type of thing. Yep. And so we pretty much looked at each other and we're like, okay, again, Toronto's in its like fifth lockdown at this point. And we were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. The only place that's open is Miami. And we're noticing that everybody's in Miami. Yep. Like any of the biggest guests we'd ever want are in Miami. Um, so we pretty much February of 2022. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. February, 2022 last year, we, uh, we picked up and we left to Miami and we sort of just booked a one way and we're like, we're setting goals here. We were, one of our goals is to like basically film a whole like season mbh podcast season in miami with like a whole different audience uh, or guests and we want to buy a house so we're pretty much not leaving miami until we have like 30 episodes filmed and we own a house and so that was february 2022 we left and did that um and then yeah we just started crushing 
pods left, right, and center. It was cool because we're meeting all these new people from Miami. They're introducing us to more people. And so now we're getting a little more like ingrained in the culture here. Um, we end up buying the house, whatever. That's another story. Um, and then I think it was, so we got here, we got in Miami end of, end of February, 2022. And then it was April, I believe one random, like second week of April. Um, and, and so I'll, I'll, I'll like give some context to this from, from January when I had that text conversation with Kyle about he's, and he's supposed like, we're literally just waiting for him to send a contract every like week. I'm sending him a message being like, Hey bro, let me know if you need my help on anything, like whatever I can do every week, dude, every single week sending voice notes, I mean, maybe even more than every probably day. more, probably more, whatever. I don't want to look like an idiot, but it just goes to show like how, how much you have to, you have, have to get to, involved. Dude, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, cause I'm like, I'm like, listen, he's busy and he's probably not really trying to fucking R bomb me, but the guy's busy. The guy's yeah. like has fucking Donald Trump on the podcast. Like, who am I? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, no ego. So I'm removing my ego to look like an idiot to DM this or Texas guy every single week, probably every three days, dude, I'm sending voice notes. I'm sending everything. No responses. Months. Okay months i'm talking there's probably like i think i still have the conversation i'll show you after like i could scroll for days of just me talking to myself wow. but i was like i do not fucking care and i and i always bring this back when we got to miami the kanye uh netflix doc dropped and there was a part in in the episode in the in one of the episodes where he goes like i would have never like met jay-z and got this song if i didn't like open my mouth close mouths don't get fed so i was like damn close mouths yeah. don't get fed that's a fact so then that made me go harder. So then I, then I do it. I'm every day I'm hitting him. Like I didn't care. And he's still not responding and I'm still going every day. And then finally, randomly, dude, it's like a, I think it was like a Friday. And it was a Thursday. Was it a Thursday? Yeah. yeah. You would remember this. Yeah. It was a Thursday and we're just taking a drive uh, over the bridge, Port of Miami, just like manifesting, looking at the houses, just loving life, great weather. I got a text message from Kyle. I'm like, holy fuck. Open it up. It was like 4 p.m. It's 4, 4 p.m. 4 p.m. And he's like, yo, um, I'm, I'm landing in Miami tonight, um, at like seven. If you guys want to do the pod tonight, like, let's get it done, but it needs to be tonight. Wow. I'm like, here we go. I'm like, dude, turn the fucking car around, <laughs> turn the fucking car. We got to go home. We got to figure this out. And I'm like, yeah, bro, no problem. Like I'll hit you back with the dates t- with the, not the date, the time, the location, whatever. So we circle back to the house and we're going crazy. The, the, um, the studio that we were shooting at was already booked for the day and like, they wouldn't like, it was this whole mess over there. So now I'm on fucking Google. I'm on IG. I'm trying to just find like a shooter to come help us get this done. Um, and we're having like trouble with that. And it's leading into like maybe two, three, two and a half hours before the time that I told them we were going to be shooting at that. I still don't have an answer on like who's shooting it and location and everything. Um, and then finally we get in contact with the owner of the studio that we had been shooting that like Miami season at. Yeah. And we're like, listen, dude, we have Kyle Forjard now, like massive guests. Like I know you guys are b- booked up until 10 PM or 9 PM, which is when you guys close. I'm like, dude, we'll pay extra. We'll pay whatever. Like just let us use the fucking studio. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got you guys, whatever. No problem. So we end up giving him that. And that's when we first met Kyle. And I think Kyle came, uh, Gabe came and uh my guy visual slayer shout out visual slayer legend um and that's when we first met them we do that pod amazing pod go out with them that night meet steve meet meet pretty much almost the whole gang go party with them um and then we release that episode and that is when everything changes we go from like 
I think at that point, because of the Miami thing, like we had got up to like 1800 subscribers. We do that episode. We instantly jump. As soon as it drops, we, we jump to like 25, 26,000. That's crazy. Like in one, like in not even a full day, the video, the video does like a million views. It's at like 1.5 now, but I think it did like a million views in the first like couple days. Dana White's posting the episode, Dave Grubb, all these people just like, we're losing our mind. TMZ's posting the episode. And you guys didn't even like, like market it or they just like found it from organic. It was, I mean like what, what happened? Like the reason I think it blew up so much was because Kyle had the full scent pot already, but no one had interviewed Kyle on like his story, That's interesting. you know? Yes. So we were the first ones. And I got to say thank you to Kyle for giving us that opportunity because whether we, you know, we, we go on to sign with them later, but that just gave us so much credibility and like people started really fucking with us. Like I know it's still 20, let's say it was 25,000 subscribers. Like still is not a lot, but from hustling for a year, for almost two years to be at 1800 and then in one episode jump to 25,000, we're like, holy shit. So that was like, it was organic, dude. Everyone picked it up. TMZ, everybody picked it up. Like. Yeah, we were just we were just sitting in front of the computer, just refreshing. Every yeah. time we refreshed, it was like <laughs> another like ten thousand views. It was crazy. Yeah, we never crazy. seen anything like that. We never seen it. Our, our I think high, we have a video of us watching. I it. do. It's yeah. on my IG. We 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 um our highest episode maybe was like four thousand, and we were gaining four thousand in two seconds wow. <laughs> on that episode. Yeah. So that is when it like really was like solidified. Like okay, now there's like this is it. Like we got to. <laughs> We've done it a hundred times at that point, but this is when we got to like take the next step. Yeah, and Double so that down was kind of that. Yeah, but this just goes to show like you can't you can't quit on this stuff, no, right? No. You can go mm -hmm. two years and do it, and then here's the thing: most people don't even make even one year, right? Yeah. Like, after three months, they'll yeah. stop. Yeah. But it just shows all it takes is that one one big catalyst, and boom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could have let anything get to us at that point. I mean, yeah. like he said, we were we were speaking out a lot too, which a lot of people didn't like. Uh, there was episodes we got fucking 80 views on. Mm -hmm. We could have just sat there and said, oh, like, well, I think I we think, loved it, though. We yeah. used to think like this. We used to say, oh, if we got 60 views on an episode, me and this guy would look at each other like, yo, there's 60 people that would listen to us talk. For, like, imagine 60 people were in this room right now. That's, to us. that's what we used to say. We used to say, like, an episode would get, like, honestly, like, 105 views. And this is earlier on. And we'd be like, we're, we're sitting in our office after. And we're like, dude, if there was 105 people standing in this room, we'd be nervous to talk to them. Like to yeah. do to do a presentation. Entire in front classroom, of them. you make this is sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're like, we, that's the way we always kept like ourselves moving to the next point. Because then when it got to two hundred views, we're like, bro, to speak in front of two hundred people is nerve wracking. There's yes. like point one percent of people can do that. That's how we always kept it going. But yeah, man, it was just like it was a mixture of like continuing not only to to just do the podcast, but to like level it up, finding ways to make it better. Then we realized like you need an intro and you need an outro and you need to do this and you need to do that. And, and the thumbnails got to be more like this and the pictures got to be like that. And, and so all of that, but, but the big point I think anyone can take, you know, value from this was like, you have to remove your ego, especially when you want to connect with like very important people, very busy people, very successful people. Like, if they don't answer you after one text, after 20 texts, like you have to remember, yeah, like I was seeing myself as a fucking nobody. Like this is Kyle Forjard. He has Nelk, he has this massive corporation. They're crushing it. Like he's not answering me, but he's fucking busy. Like I didn't see it as like, oh, he doesn't care to answer me. And maybe for some of those moments, he didn't care to answer me. But I was just so fucking annoying and persistent that it was like, I think, I think it got to a point where he's like, 
okay, fuck, I, I got to answer these guys. Yeah. Like, I, I got to answer them at some point. 300 messages, like, fuck, right? You respect the, the persistency at a certain point, honestly. Yeah. There, there's stages, right? There's a point where it's like, this guy's annoying, probably. Holy shit, this guy's really annoying. And then it's probably like, okay, I got to respect the persistency. And I think that's kind of what happens. So no ego. You got to have no ego in this game. Yeah. That's the big takeaway, I think. That's amazing. So you do, you do that podcast. It blows up. Now what? You guys are still putting out your cadence, but now you're getting way more views. How did it get to the point where, you know, full send signs you guys? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we put that episode out and then we follow it up with like how we got Kyle on the podcast because that's what was like the question that we were getting from everybody. So we did a whole episode just on like me sort of explaining the story I just explained. Yeah. That did well. And then that just opened the doors, right? Like we ended up getting like Timepiece Trading, Neil from Timepiece Trading, obviously because he saw we did Kyle. He's friends with Steve. They work together, whatever. So our level of guests go up a little bit. Um, nothing crazy. Like we didn't go and get like super famous people right away because we were still nobodies at the end of the day. We were we then we then became like I think nobodies, but like because Kyle gave us a shot on that episode. People were like intrigued. They're they like, were intrigued. Wait, like, why okay. them? You know, like why did he go on their podcast? Yeah. yeah. Neil, who else did we get that time? Uh Dude, we started going very like Miami heavy, but also we tried to leverage it, right? Like yes. obviously it just happened. So 100%. we kind of got to leverage that right away. 100%. Um, so we were reaching out to a lot of people, but um, I think it was, what was it? Maybe, June, maybe two months later is when we actually got started. So, so then, okay, like here's another story. So we do that podcast and whatever. And then um, a big thing was, again, at that point, like over a million views, thousands and thousands of comments. And uh, like throughout the week that it gets posted, I'm in like constant communication with Kyle and he's kind of just like, you know, we're like, we're just going over it. And he's like, yo, dude, he's like, he's like, what's crazy is he's like the, the Nelk audience is very critical. Like if they don't like something, he's like, they'll fucking, they'll blast you. Like they'll, they'll destroy you in the comments. He's like, but I'm noticing it's like 99% love. Like they really liked that episode. So I think that's kind of now giving him like little bit of motivation to say hey maybe maybe we can sign these boys and like you know if our audience already likes them then this is like a, a good step um so we're in constant communication for like the first week after the episode and then maybe at the end of that week he's like okay like we're gonna sign you boys like we're gonna get the job we're gonna get this deal done and we're like okay sick and now again this is me thinking he says that we're probably gonna get this deal done within two weeks yeah right <laughs> yeah fucking right yeah. Go, I don't want to say he goes ghost again because he kind of does, but he gets busy. Again, yeah. the guy gets busy, has his whole thing going. Um, and I literally go back to being the annoying guy, being like, hey, bro, <laughs> yeah. let me know what you need to get this contract done. Like, I'll I'll get a fucking look, whatever you need. Yeah, like, we'll draft up the contract. Yeah. We'll pay message for everything. We didn't give a message, fuck. After you know? message, no response, no response, no response, no response. And then finally, um, come like the end of May, he's like, okay, boom, sends us the contract. We go back and forth a little bit. Truthfully, we had no leverage, so there wasn't really much that we could uh, that we could say. Like we were still nobodies at the end of yeah. the day, and the opportunity they were giving us was was amazing. Um, so we went back and forth a little bit on the contract, but you know, very minimal changes. Um, and then come June, they sign us, we sign the paperwork, and then we go to LA uh, to go to the Full Sun headquarters and meet everybody. And then that's when like the real, the, the big big change. I yeah, I'm just banging out those guests at that point. Yeah, because we did John Celine. Osgod, Gabe Steiny, Gabe Steiny. We yeah, we we did, we did like a we did like a big like full send thing because it was cool because we were like we were giving their audience and I guess the the world the YouTube world um, an insight on like the background of who these guys are 
right? Because you just, they see them in the vlogs, they see them on camera, but they don't really know like Gabe's story. They don't know Steiny's story. They don't yeah. know uh, Osgod's story. All these guys, right? So yeah, we, we go to LA, we meet the team. They're super nice. They show us the spot. Um, but then we do that first episode with John and that's kind of where we announce like, okay, cool. Like these, like they announce like, Hey, we just signed these boys. We announced our audience like, Hey, we're signed. Okay. That, that's like, that's the real like stamp of approval. You get the co-sign from full send. Okay. Now these guys are legit. Um, and then, yeah, that was kind of like the, the next, like that was the next rocket like yeah. moment. So was there any like negotiation involved there? And obviously you had no leverage in the contract yeah. and you, you obviously you don't have to share any specific details if you don't want to, but was it like a full buyout? Was it like a retainer type or like, yes, I would say it's more like a partnership than a, than a buyout of, of that sort. I would, that's, that's how I, yeah, would no, no, it's, yeah. It, it, it is not a buyout by any means. Yeah. Um, the best way to put it without giving you the contract essentially is, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty much in partnership. We share some revenue streams. Um, but IP is ours. Got it. So we own the IP, which was like a Truthfully, like they, they were never greedy about it at all. They were pretty like, they were super cool the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you have to remember we didn't have any leverage too. So there was a point in time where me and him just looked at each other and we just said, bro, sign the fucking contract. They pull the shit. Like we're going back to Toronto. Like exactly. Cause here's the thing. Like we, so we get a lawyer on retainer and you know, amazing lawyer. She, she did great, but she kept trying to like, tell us like push for more here and push for more there. And I literally, I she was just being a lawyer. She didn't understand the scale of what full send was compared to us. So yeah. she was just being a normal. Yeah. yeah no, Maybe no. you guys should ask for this. She was, she was doing her job. Yeah. Yeah. But then it got to a point where I had to be like, okay, listen, lady, <laughs> like I, I'm going to tell you straight. Listen, now. Uh, here's my lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yes. is my JD. Exactly. Yes. I'm like, no, this is what the fuck the situation is. We're lucky to be here. We're lucky to even get this offer. Like, we're, we're, I'm done. I'm not negotiating anymore. Like I think I told you, I said, I don't even want to, I don't she better not talk to us again. Like, this is done. Yeah. We're like, dude, we're signing this fucking contract. I don't care. They can have my firstborn. We're, we're not, I, which, which again, they did not at all, but I'm like, they could, and I don't care. We're doing this deal, whatever. So yeah, we go back and forth, but negotiation, like I said, we really like nothing. Like we, like we, had, we were, like Anne said, we were super grateful like that. Even we were able to get on these guys' radar on yeah. that on that scale, and that right? they wanted so to give us this opportunity. When it came down to a contract, we we knew we were good. <laughs> no matter, like yeah. we we were like, yeah, send it over. I'm gonna fucking glance at it. Maybe <laughs> I'll smoke a joint and, and, and check it out. And, Dude, and sign sign the fucking thing. That's so yeah, very right. minimal negotiations <laughs> yeah. again because we had no fucking leverage. And and besides the no leverage, like we were just grateful, yeah. like just two fucking lads from Toronto promoters, agency owners, podcast, like, you know what I mean? We were just like, damn, dude, like, I can't even believe we're here again, yeah. circling back to the you know, beginning. People of always combo. tell you shit. People always say, you know what? You guys are good. Keep going. Stuff like that. And we always heard that at 500 subs, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you never, you never think someone on that scale is going to, is going to pay attention. You just, it just never crosses your mind. Yeah. Well, again, you know? it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like we never started the pod to get here. Yeah. Like that wasn't even the path that it was. You would supposed have quit. You did. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So, so yeah, just grateful. No negotiation, no negotiation. Sign the fucking, I mean, our lawyer tried. <laughs> You're like, like no. yeah, yeah. Let, let me we know. We, we, we never use that lawyer again, by the way. Back to you. <laughs> yeah. You're just no, like, right, it's good. No, I was it's like, good. dude, sign yeah. the fucking contract. We signed the contract and then we go to LA, like I mentioned, and we do yeah. all those pods to start. So that was like that whole period. That's amazing. So when, when was this in 2022 at this point? This was July, right? So we, yeah, we pretty much go to LA in July and then we spend a little bit of time there and we do like July and August. We bang all these like really massive guests and that's like, now we're at the point where like our, we, we have episodes that are 300K, 500K. Like, okay, we had Kyle who was the 1.5 million, yeah. whatever. 
but that was the only one that reached sort of that stature. But now we got episodes, they start doing, you know, hundreds of thousands. Um, and that was like a big moment for us, obviously, because then you get, then, then you start seeing money because the brand deals come in. So we, we really make fuck all from YouTube. Like all, like we make peanuts from YouTube, yeah. but the brand deals was like, that was where it was like, okay, this is a legit business. We can start hiring a team around us because the team that was doing the podcast stuff was being technically paid on payroll by our agency. So our agency's funding this whole operation. So I they, think we, we had the number actually. We had how much we spent we spent to do the podcast um, up until that up point. until that point we had spent almost two hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so two hundred thousand dollars with no thought that this would ever make us money back. Yeah. Like you know, podcast for payment. We knew that it would get us whatever more uh, clients for the agency, whatever. But we invested two hundred thousand dollars. And like, I can't even tell you the amount of hours, thousands of hours doing this thing with seeing this much return, zero return. So then we finally get some fucking sponsors and we're throwing some money around. We're like, okay, finally, here we fucking go. So what we actually did was two things. We hired, we like the, the employees that were being paid by our agency, but we're doing like podcast work. We took them and like put them under the podcast. Now they're getting under payroll from, from money buys happiness. And then the second thing was we've actually paid back the loan to our agency because also wasn't nice. fair, right? We have other partners and who, who, by the way, never asked us to pay the agency back, but we're like, nah, fuck that. We got our accountant to basically break down every single cost. So like I said, it was very close to $200,000. That's amazing. And then we've been paying that and we're pretty much done paying now, but we paid that back to the agency. Wow. So that was like, we made some money. Like, thank God, bro. <laughs> like, holy yeah. shit. We can start to like funnel the money back to the agency and now build our own team. Yeah. Up. And now as you're getting profitable on, on the podcast side, you yes. can spend that to reinvest into your guys' team. You guys have what, three people you said right now? Right now, including Three people that, that are like, what, on the MBH? MBH is like th us plus three. Yes. Yeah. And who, yeah. are, who are the three again? So we got Jason. Yeah, Jason. Shout out Jay. Um, we got Dean, who's our shooter. He's been shooting every episode since the first one. Yes. Like, unless we travel. He just started traveling with us. Uh, and then we got our guy, Tony, who's our editor. He makes magic for us. So shout out to that whole team. Um, I'm sure the team's going to grow as well because we're those type of guys that we invest in the team before we even get to that point before we have scaled we yeah. already we already got that employee that's going to do that yeah um so that's just how we are we've done that with the agency the same same way um but i, I gotta say that and this this is important of, of those three guys yeah. uh tony it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty special story i think we did the john episode and that was our first big one and um i get a random dm i think from this account that has like uh, no photos, 75 follower. Like it looks like a bot account, but I get this, I get this DM and it's like, Hey man, just saw your episode with John. You guys fucking killed it. Here's uh here's a link to a Google drive. And I made you like five clips. Let me know what you think of them. That's, that's all he said. Didn't try to sell me on anything. Nothing. He's just like, love the episode. I made some clips for you guys. Like, okay. Click it, open them. I'm like, this is the best fucking editing work I've ever seen. Show him right away. And he's like, who is this kid? I go, dude, we got to get on a fucking Zoom call right now. Or where are you? Where yeah. do you live? He responds. I'm like, I'm in Germany. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, okay, whatever. We got a Zoom call. Meet this kid. Absolute fucking beauty, hard worker, whatever. And that's how we hired him. We hired him off of a, a DM from an account that looks like that looked like a bot. But he gave us that immediate value. Gave us a level of like clips that I'd never seen before. Wow. And this was like eventually everyone caught up. I want to say we were very early and one of the early adopters. But like of like 
like the very dynamic subtitles popping in and out the pictures the the we were taking clips of the guest was talking about a certain thing that happened to them we'd find a video clip of that like so he really he really helped us take that next step there and yeah now he's part of that team full time so to circle back not to go on a tangent right now it's us and three people um under the the podcast corp that's amazing so so before you guys signed mm-hmm. how are you getting guests like basically after kyle to before you guys signed with full send mm-hmm. and you're leveraging that but was it still just cold dms cold dms yeah yeah unless you're seeing something and you know someone and you're going to their mutual followings hey yeah. man like can you connect us with this person which we don't really do that often we'll just cold dm someone and i think yeah i think after they go to the profile they see kyle was the most recent episode i think yeah. it was a no-brainer for a lot of them um and then yeah i think that i think after kyle it, it was it was pretty easy to to get guests for us. I think before Kyle, obviously, it was a bit harder. We kind of just juiced our whole network as much as we could. Okay, yeah. who do we know? All right, let's get him on. Um, after that, yeah, after Kyle, I think it was pretty it was pretty easy to to cold DM someone. But again, I mean, we've cold DM people that we never thought would answer. I mean, he's done it, I've done it, and uh, there's a lot of power behind the cold DM, yeah. right? Um, you never know who's looking at their the, their 100%. messages, man, right? And I think that's something we learned along the way. And now, yeah, I think we, even now, presently, week to week, we, me and him sit down and we just we'll DM 50 people, you know, and we'll get one. Wow. Who cares? We'll yeah. take one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, I and mean, we're hitting up like big people, yeah, right? Big so dogs, yeah. we'll hit up 50 to 100 of them. And, and even if we get one or two, it's a win for us, right? But you have to leverage that stuff. You have to. Yep. So is that your guys' game plan in terms of getting future guests or what's what's your strategy over the next? Now, now the guests come from all over. Like we've now built relationships like with um, music labels. So like we have a good relationship with Warner Music. We have a good relationship with Universal um, where they have somebody on their team that if there's like an up and coming artist or anybody like coming into town, they'll be like, hey, where are you? Uh, We'll be like, hey, shout out Chantilly, shout out Jerry from Universal and uh, Warner. Either one of them will just hit us up and be like, hey, where are you guys right now? And let's say we're in Miami. They'll be like, okay, cool. You know, this artist is coming through to Miami. We got to give them some press. You guys down to do the pod, like do a pod with them. So we'll get guests like from that. but tr- the truth, the truth is, bro, the cold DM is still our number one way of getting guests. Wow. Now it's like cold DM. You go on their photos. You like a couple. You leave some comments. Whatever. Like you have to, you have to, you have to get their attention, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think that, yeah, we've done, we've done, uh, crazy we've done things. the most we can. Yeah. Yeah, we've done crazy thing to, to get guests, but it's the cold DM is the is the absolute number one best way I think to get yeah. to get yeah. a, to get a guest. But also being there's a part where you got to be realistic and unrealistic. Like I, I met when I sent that DM to Kyle the first time, the, the reason I did it was because I knew he had saw us already. Yes. So if by chance he's looking at his phone that day, he'll know who I am because he saw the pod with nine Oh five shooter. Now, you know, when, when we weren't at the level, like when we were a lot smaller, you know, I wasn't going in and DMing fucking Beyonce thinking she's going to come on the pod. Like I'm not an idiot, but I was going to bigger people who I knew would still check the DM and probably answer it. It's you calculated, I mean? right? Or yeah. you're or you're going to someone that follows someone that was already on our pod, so maybe they have already heard of us, right? You got to be smart, like yeah, you can't just go yeah. DM Jay Z and think he's gonna respond. Exactly. Like you know yeah. what I mean? There's still yeah. a, an aspect of knowing self awareness, knowing what level you're at, and like who's probably gonna answer and who's not. Now you send out a couple of those dreamer tech uh, dreamer DMs because you never know, but you also we like be to realistic. do those actually because we know one day they're gonna open it and we'll, they're gonna be on our podcast, and it's just a funny thing to bring back. Hey, like. 
I was in your DMs in 2017, and now you're on my show, right? It's kind of like a full circle moment. So we like to yeah. do that. It's kind of like manifesting. For but us. that's the main way. Cold yeah. DM. Cold, cold DM. Just cold fucking DM, DM people. Yeah. Right? So you guys would just sit down every week, make a list of of new people, and then yeah. cold DM. Yeah. Literally, like literally, just just not even every week. It was every day. Yeah. We're like fuck, like whatever, like we're yeah. just gonna go. Because that's the thing is, it's like it's like. That's not even work, dude. We're on, we're on fucking Instagram anyways. Like, exactly. how hard is it to send 50 messages? You can even copy and paste be the same message. Yeah. Like, it's not... not Adam22. Adam22 was a cold DM. He he was one of the... He was a big cold DM guy we got. We got um, Patrick Bet David cold DM. Wow. Um, Straight so, cold DM. Dude, uh, honest, I want to say almost everybody was cold DM. Yeah, like, that just, you know? dude, social media is so powerful. It's like yeah, what crazy. you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah, crazy, man. It's crazy. And these people are all on their phones. They're yeah. on it all, all day just like us, yeah. right? We we tend to think, oh, this is, they're not even going to check their DMs. You'd be surprised. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. So what's your guys' goal for the podcast in the next two years? Two or just a few years. Yeah. A few years yeah, in yeah, general, yeah. you know? I, like, I don't know if there's a... I would just say... In my, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm going to say just continuing to double down, find these moments where we experience growth and get to the next level and then double down again, get better production, get a better studio, get a bigger team. I think just continuously growing it and finding those moments where it's like, okay, it's time for the next level. Um, I think that's what I'm most exp- excited about. I don't really care about like the numbers per se, because now you know why we don't care about numbers because we started with, with nothing and, and experienced growth really quickly. Um, so yeah, I would say there's some guests that we want to have in the next few years, some big guests. Yep. Um, but for the most part, I'm I'm excited to continue to grow this this baby that we have, um, and you know continue to put people's stories out there. I think that's why we started this to inspire people with other people's stories, give value, um, and now we're just doing it on a bigger scale. So continue to do that and um, be worldwide, man. I yep. want everyone to know about us. That's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you touched more on like. Want to keep providing value, keep having conversations that we like to have, never fault, never falter from who we are, like not just do pods for the views. If someone has a good story and they're completely unknown, we'll still do the podcast. Like we're not, we're not view chasers by any means. We're really in it for the long run. Like look at Joe Rogan. He's, uh, he's on episode like 4,000. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, so that's it's like, crazy. but he'll bring on someone you never heard yeah, of. He'll bring yeah, on a guy right? and just cause he knows he has a cool story and that's it. He does it cause he wants to do it. And I think that's where we're at. Like, especially because it has become a little more saturated, the space, um, that I think the key for like doing it long term is focusing on just good, like providing value in the episode rather than, Oh, let's get this person on just cause we know it's going to get 50,000 views, 500,000 views, whatever. That's a big point. Um, but I, you know, it's, a, it's like, let's circle it from more of a business perspective of where we want to be in the next, let's say three to five years is I think we'll get to a point with this pod where we'll have 20 to 30 employees. Um, that's everything from people handling, handling brand deals, uh, customer relations, running our, um, our merch side of things, um, doing, you know, production, like, uh, I guess like, I, I could say on this pod, like we're going to, uh, our plan is to start a daily show. So still have our weekly podcast, but we're actually looking to start a daily show. Um, so that's like, that's going to need a whole other production team, another editing team. So these are all things we're going to focus on, but I think we can get this, this business because now it's a podcast, but it is a business. I like to think um, we can get it to like 20, 30 employees within the next three to five years. Um, and then like he said, big guests, but I think we'll, we'll name, I can name a few for sure. We need our hometown guy, Drake. I think Drake is in our one-year plan. That'd be sick. I really yeah. think we can get him. We're close. He's liked some of our content. Yeah. 
which already is like a big step for us. Um, Jordan Peterson yep. is somebody we absolutely want on the podcast. Uh, Drake, Jordan Peterson, anybody else you're, anybody else you're thinking of? I mean, we're, we're working on, we're working on, um, Jordan Belfort, yeah. uh, Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. Love He'd be a fucking legend to have on the pod. Uh, Joe Rogan, you know, he doesn't really do podcasts outside of his own, but Hey Joe, if you see this, hit us up. Uh, those are, I think those are four big ones, but for, for me, I'll speak. I know it's for you too, but I got to speak for myself. Drake, like we need, we need the boy on the podcast, man. He like hometown guy, for, for, you know, for, cut from the same cloth. So I think, uh, he is like our, I got a big fucking target on him right now. Yeah. So from a guest perspective, we got to get Drake, Drake on. That'd be sick. So in terms of like, so what's good is I, I see you guys are treating the podcast as a business, as yes. its own entity, which I think is so good because yeah. that's how you guys are going to keep scaling and doubling down. In terms of monetizing, mm-hmm. you know, outside of uh, brand sp- sponsorships and deals, obviously, I, I think that's a big revenue source for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. What what other ways do you plan on monetizing? I mean, the merch was always something that we, we get excited about. Merch is, merch is dope. Um, we did merch before getting signed, and we... It's pretty. It went pretty well, to be honest. We 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 did it. We did a merch drop when we did that whole Miami season, and we sold yeah. like 500 pieces, which I know is not a lot, um, but for a podcast that had at the time 15, 1800 subscribers, wow. like yeah. five yeah. 500 people, like and bought multiple things. So it's just like to have 500 people buy your shit for us was like I think that's, holy shit. that's a yeah. lot. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was, yeah. it was crazy. We were blown away. We were and fucking I, blown I away. I think what we did there was we were so we were so focused, and we still are. We we're focused on building community, right? We got that from nightlife. We got, we, we wanted, we, we have like, we care about the people that really like us, the loyal fan base. Right. And we, we're one of those guys that will answer everyone's DMS. Mm-hmm. Right. We've yeah. got the discord going, people talking to us in there all the time. We're very attached um, to our fan base. That's, that's what's helped us a lot, especially at the beginning. I think before you even get to, if you're a podcast and monetizing, because you could have 20,000 subs and still not sell a damn t-shirt, you yeah. know, um, so I think focusing on community too, before you get to monetization is huge because you can use that as a test. That loyal fan base is, is a test. You can test a product, you can test a service. Um, but I think the merch has been huge for us in terms of monetizing. I know we want to start getting into live shows as well. Like actually doing the show in front of people, maybe three, 400 wow. people. Um, that's an idea we have as well. Um, and then I think, I think there's two, there's two revenue streams that, um, that we only found out a little bit later um, into, into doing what we're doing after getting signed. There's two of them, Facebook and Snapchat. Nobody thinks of these things. Now we got approached by Snapchat to put our show on the platform. We did that. And we saw, we saw like returns that were like ridiculous. Like we, Wait, they, they approach you to start uploading your yeah. episodes. So, so, uh, one of the really uh, high up people at Snapchat Canada, cause they knew yeah. we were Canadian. Yeah. They reached out to us, um, showed us so much love, like congrats on everything, whatever. Uh, we want to give you guys like a, a placement for your own show. And they're like, essentially like you guys are doing the weekly podcast, just chop up, chop it up into a real format for like a two or three minute video and put it on. You're going to be surprised at the returns. And we're like, okay, dude, if this makes us an extra thousand dollars a month, like, yeah, whatever. It's a thousand bucks. Like we're, we have the content anyways. Um, and then we started posting there and we're like, holy fuck, this is a lot of money you can make from Snapchat. They play their, their CPMs are crazy. 10, $10, 35 cents. Wow. Yeah. CPM. Stories. These are stories it's, or it's like they have a it's real a show. Thing? It's a show. There's like a channel now that you can So you can channel. subscribe to channels on Snapchat. 
Interesting. I don't uh, have Snapchat. Okay. But, um, so there you go. So I, I heard people are printing, posting so, stories. So that's yeah. story. So like that's that's the next step. But yeah. I think uh, for a podcast, uh, the, like anybody running a show of some sort, you got to you. Which like if you have a decent following, they'll like it's not hard. They'll give you a spot. Yeah. Um. So but they print, and then the stories is like. People wow. are printing money. Like it, if it, you want to talk about internet money, like Snapchat is internet money, but so is Facebook. They, you still have to remember, Facebook is the biggest social media platform in the world still yeah. to this day. As much as we don't watch it, you don't use it maybe. I don't know if you do or don't like, or maybe you use it for ads and whatever, but not necessarily as like a daily platform. Yeah. It is the biggest in the world still to this day. Yeah. And maybe it's not uh, mainly America. Maybe it's a lot of Europe, Asia, um, you know, whatever, but they're on it. So they, they also have a very high CPM as well. So you, like they're uploading clips as well. Yeah. So then Facebook. we're, yeah, basically we're not, we're not doing the whole pod we're doing on Facebook. We're uploading maybe um, five to 10 minute clips, wow. best moments of the pod, whatever. And we're going almost every day on there. So those, those were two revenue streams that we were very surprised about. Um, I got a shout out Adam 22. Actually, he put us on the Snapchat. No, he put us on Facebook. Yeah. We did the podcast with him and he's like, right after we finished, he's like, we're just talking business. And he's like, you guys are on Snapchat. Right. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we are like, he's like, okay, good. Cause no one's, I don't know why these other podcasts aren't like, that's where you got to be. And we're like, okay, cool. And then he's like, are you guys on Facebook? And we're like, uh, like which we we are like we post our clips, yeah, but it was like, page, are yeah. we post our reels or it's our page like nothing crazy? And he goes, oh, but are you monetizing on Facebook? And we're like, uh, no. And he's like, dude, I'm making upwards of six figures a month off of just like posting my no jumper shit there. And he's like, it's just recycled content. I'm like, I'm like, dude, wow. what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I have this guy. I'm gonna connect you, no problem. So shout out Adam for that. He connected us to a guy who really helped us get our Facebook off the ground. Um, and so those are like two revenue streams that like. Every podcast, like he said, there's steps though. Build your community first, yep. then hit these platforms. Like to go right away, you're gonna, you're gonna it's a waste of time. Yep. You got to do it when the time's right, like when you're at a certain level. But when you are, those are two platforms that you absolutely cannot forget about. And it's easy to forget about because, like, even for us, we're thinking Spotify, Apple, uh, YouTube for the long form, and yep. then repost clips on Shorts, TikTok. IG yeah. reels. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk off mic. Yeah, we'll yeah. give you some, we'll give you some sauce. Even yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah. to, even for anyone that has like a, a new podcast and they're trying to get out there, trying to get some sponsors, like what we started doing and we talked about this off camera was just, we started acting like we had sponsors. We would just put a fucking, put like, a, Hey, thank you so much. Liquid death. Man. Maybe we yeah. wouldn't even say it. Yeah. Maybe we wouldn't say it. We would just have it there. Right. <laughs> or maybe we're wearing a certain clothes, uh, Shirt, clothing, or, or hat or whatever. And then we kind of use that as a base where now brands are watching and they think you're sponsored. Yeah. So they're like, okay, they, they have current sponsorship. This is what it would look like. So actually trying to put yourself in a position to, to attract these brands, right? No brand's going to just come out of nowhere, especially if you haven't looked like you worked with brands before and start working with you. So I think having something like that, if you, if you like a brand now, don't go, don't go too big with the brand, like go for something local maybe. And then start that way. But that's, that's a way to start getting brand sponsorships. Yeah. hundred percent. So you guys are actually, one thing I want to talk about is, is you guys are traveling a yeah. lot mm -hmm. now. Right. So I think everyone sees, sees the, the glory, the glamor on, you know, when you see the podcast, yeah. but your guys schedule is pretty hectic. So yeah. give me the whole lowdown on traveling, what that looks like, mm -hmm. uh, where you even film with people, yeah. your schedule. So yeah, it gets hectic. The thing is, it's, it's never, it's never the same situation. Like we were saying off cam, for example, 
when we do travel, we like to do it strategically because we travel with five guys. We like to say, okay, cool. Like we're going to, you know, we've, we've sort of gathered a group of guests that we have in New York, let's say. So, you know, we're going to head to New York for five days. We're going to do a podcast every single day in and out because like, like we mentioned, that's five, uh, round, uh, round trip flights there and back, let's say from Toronto to New York or wherever Miami to New York. And then it's an Airbnb that has to fit five guys. And now we're fucking nice guys. We don't like make our guys sleep in the same bed together. Everyone gets their own fucking room. Like they're fucking treated like royalty. These guys, if you're watching this, you know know that, you know what I mean? We don't, and then, so, and then it's everything. It's like when we travel, we pay for their, we pay for every meal. We pay everything. Like our guys travel with us. They're not only getting paid to be there, but we're covering every single cost. So it's expensive. It gets very expensive, very expensive. Right. Um, so we're strategic. We try to do it like that. Um, when it comes to like the trips, but then, like I mentioned off the pod, like if, you know, it's, let's say, uh, you know, today's Sunday, like if we were to get a call right now and it was like, yo, Drake's good for tomorrow at 9am. We're, we're leaving this room. We're getting on a flight and going to Toronto, even if we had pods, like, so yeah. that's where we are. So we've had moments where it was like, hey, this guy's ready to, uh, you know, in two days in Arizona, Phoenix. And then we're like, okay, drop everything, you know, like, and let's go. So we've done that a bunch of times. So it can get hectic, right? Like um, money-wise, it gets hectic. Just travel-wise, it gets hectic. And you can't really commit to anything. It's like, you know, obviously we're both fucking Italian. We're very like family-oriented. So like, dude, it's like, it doesn't matter if it's my mom's birthday tomorrow, but Drake calls for the pod, I'm going to go to the pod. And I love you, mom, but it just (laughs) is what it is, right? Like we're in that growth stage so that one day I can commit to that, right? So you cannot have any commitments. There's no time commitment. You commit to chill with your, to see your buddies you haven't seen in five months next Tuesday, but good luck. There's a massive guess. You're gone. So there's no commitment to anything, um, anybody at that point. The money is very expensive to travel as, as, as you know, um, and yeah, it's, it, it, at the beginning, you think it's going to be fun to like, f- oh, fly around here, fly around there. Flying fucking sucks. Like unless you're flying fucking private jets, which we are nowhere near doing that. Like you're flying commercial flights, flights get delayed. You're stuck in the airport for nine hours. It was only supposed to be two hours. You land late, early pot in the morning. You're eating like shit. You can't keep up with a workout regimen. You can't keep up with, with, with a diet regimen. So it's like, you're just all over the place. You're cl- one day you're in uh, Pacific time next it's Easter. And then you're in fucking mountain time and nothing's the same. And communication with people that you care about is not the same. Like it's, uh, and I'm not trying to complain about it by any means, but it's not easy. That's the point yeah. I want to make. Is That's like, why we looks, drink all that espresso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And now you get it. <laughs> it looks glamorous. It looks glamorous, but it's not always glamorous. Yeah. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. So it can get hectic. I don't know if you want to add on to that. Oh, or no, I, I, I just think, you know, you, you nailed everything. I just think people, when they see you on camera, they don't know what it took you to get there, right? Yeah. Like they don't know if you just drove in six hours of traffic in a rainstorm to get to that podcast, yeah. right? And you're just dialed in because you're dialed, right? But uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot more work than people think, and you would know that as well, right? It's it's a podcast. It's tough, man, and and you have to also be mentally there in the conversation. Yes, right. So you could do all the flying, the traveling, check into the Airbnb, go grab a bite with all your boys, but you still have to be locked in for that for that conversation. That's that's the hardest part, I would well, say. Well, that, that's yeah. the worst part in yeah. between in between doing all yes. that. Well, it's yeah. like like you said. Let's say you 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 take a six hour flight, you land, and you got to. You sleep for five hours. You sleep for five hours. Then you got to drive four hours uh, north in the rain to get to a guest. And along that four-hour drive, right before you're about to pull into their studio or their house or wherever you're filming, 
you get a text from someone you love, a family member that something shitty just happened or a client or this or, or a client or whatever. And then you got to like pretend that you didn't see that and go smile on camera and make sure you kill an episode. So it's like, like he mentioned, like being mentally there is also something that sounds so easy to do, but not when you have a real life. Like, and you, know you can I mean? even speak on that too, right? Like being mentally dialed in for an episode. Like it takes more than just, just showing up. People think you just sit there and just talk. You got to, oh, you have you're, to You're listen. doing research yes. on your yeah. guests, right? Research, you're doing research. Listen. You're preparing yourself. You're making sure that, you know what? I need to, I need to be on the ball today. I need to sleep well the night before. I need to go for a run this morning. So I, I feel extra energy over yeah. here, right? Like all these things. And, and I, I don't think people see that part, right? Yeah. Gotcha. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. So where, where do you guys film when you, when you travel? So what we're like, we pretty much will pull up anywhere, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we did a lot of the LA ones at the full send headquarters in orange County, which was dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go to someone's house. We'll go to someone's condo. Um, if it comes to a point where we don't have a space and they don't have a space, we'll probably just rent a studio, which has happened a lot too. Tons of times. Um, we have a lot of connections in, in the cities that we do it in. So we also do it at venues and stuff like that. We've done it on a yacht here in Miami, um, shout out Dave Grubman. He, we can get some of his venues to do the to do the episodes at too. So it's all about getting creative and not not limiting yourself, right? If you just yeah. say, "Oh, if it's not in a studio, we can't do this," yeah. and you have to learn, right? We, we we used to have the arms. We used to travel with just the arms, yeah. but then we were we kept realizing like we'd go to places like you know we'll pop up anywhere and shoot a pod. Fuck, they don't have a table that the arms fit on properly. Yeah. So you have to adapt. Then we yeah. were thinking now of doing... Hold, then we were holding. Then we the were mics. holding mics wow. in some of our like, episodes. Un, we would un, unhook it and just hold it. Like and just then, the mic itself. And crazy. then we realized, okay, that doesn't <laughs> fucking work. So yeah. then we ended up getting like the art, the, the stands that come off the ground. So we're always trying to adapt yeah. and, and pretty much make it so that we could literally pull up anywhere and film a pod. But like you yeah. said, dude, Dave Grutman, again, shout out Dave. He let us into his house. We filmed in his in his condo, beautiful condo. Pooh, Pooh Bear, Bear same, thing. same thing. Pulled up in his at to his house. Adam um, twenty two at his studio. Adam twenty two at No Drunk. Oh, so studio. you can film at people's studios and stuff too. We'll film yeah. anywhere, Easy. dude. Yeah. Anywhere. We'll literally like pull up in your living room and just film. Like yeah. we don't care. Yeah. As long as like the episode's giving value, the backdrop doesn't always matter. Of course, you want it to look nice. Like it's always better when it's aesthetically pleasing and whatnot. But we will literally fucking pull up anywhere and shoot. Yeah. Yeah, we have no. So you guys have a fat suitcase with all the cameras. Dude, of course. Yeah, we got a Pelican case. Traveling with that thing. With yeah. A Pelican, and then that, like fucking that thing, hundred pounds. That like. thing costs more to to than, than a fucking person flight. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know I mean? I'm, I'm paying like three five three four five hundred bucks for a flight, six hundred bucks One for a flight. One way. That thing's costing six bills just to put on the plane. Yeah. Like six hundred bucks. So wow. we travel with that. Yeah. We pretty much we pretty much built. Like we built the, the, the set that we can just carry with us anywhere. And you have to remember, like we're going for huge guests, right? So we got to bring it all. Yes. We got to <laughs> make sure that like anything that's needed, we have it right. They're just coming in, sitting down and talking, mm -hmm. nothing else. Right. We try, we try to make it so that it's, it's very easy on the guest as well. We yeah. try to put them ourselves in their shoes. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we don't ask for much when it comes to guests. Oh, you have a spot. All right. We'll pull up. We'll do everything. You just come sit down and talk. Um, mm -hmm. And then get, getting creative, doing it at different venues. Um, yeah. We actually did. We, our craziest one was Versace Mansion. We yeah, did, that was dope. We did uh, with Purple, Purple, Purple Miami. Miami. Yeah. We did him at like Versace Mansion. First the, podcast ever at Versace Mansion. A. Wow. During yeah. a live, we when we were uh, scheduling it with him, we thought it was going to be like a, like empty venue because it was like pretty early in the day, like 11 to 12. And we pull up, man, and there's a, it's it's full. They're doing a lunch service. Yeah. It was maybe 80 and to And me and him people. are just looking at each other like, Dude, we we're not expecting this. But then it's like that moment where it's like, okay, am I going to be a fucking pussy? Am I going to like, <laughs> am I scared to do it in front of these people live yeah. or or not? And so we literally set up a fucking table in the middle of Versace Mansion. 
people are, people are eating, eating, eating right staring us. at us like yeah. who the hell are these guys and we're running a full pod cam yeah. setup that's amazing lights whatever so so our guests are anywhere. cool too like they 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 try to help us as well right yeah. they're like okay let's do it i'll help you get this spot like let's do it up there so all our guests have been cool like that too they if they want to make it happen they help us as well yeah. right we just mm-hmm. we just try to do it all ourselves usually yeah 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 got it got yeah. it um and is it like a three camera setup you guys travel with or yeah we do three three yeah, cam right. setup. Three setup we bring four, we'll always bring four mics yeah just to have them yep one um, goes one you know one can break one can stop working so we got to have some extras and usually what we'll do is like we'll do if it's three people we'll do like uh like let's say us two and one guest and then we'll actually get our producer give him a mic because sometimes he'll just like pop in with a question like a joe rogan type about. thing right yeah, like joe yeah, rogan has yeah. jamie he'll be like yo jamie yeah. pull that up so even yeah. if we're like talking about something let's say like a specific statistic or something and then we're like kind of off like let's say we said it was like 70 percent. it was actually 50 he's in the back end on his computer he's like hey boys no it was actually 50 percent of people do this oh, and we're like okay yeah. cool so it like helps the pot as yeah, well yeah that's smart that's yeah smart. so full setup like we're, we're really ready for anything and I, I think it's also cool seeing your guys transition right from just you two now to team of five i'm sure yeah. it's going to keep growing as yeah. well and yeah. we're yeah. actually yep. talking on the way here about getting yeah we're our sixth yeah really yeah, yeah. wow yeah, yeah. So. so yeah it's growing it's growing it's uh it's fun, but that's kind of the beauty of it. Just never getting comfortable. You, you want to grow the subscribers, you want to do all that. But at the end of the day, if you, you know, you could have 500,000 subscribers and not make a dollar. So it's like, it's also a business at the end of the day. So we try to like, we try to just keep ourselves grounded in, in the sense that like, yeah, we need to continue growing our audience, but we also need to make money along the way. And exactly. how are we going to do that? Right. Yeah. So just getting creative with that. That's kind of the focus. I, I think it's good that you guys have the agency and started that first. Yeah. Right? Yes. Now, I agree. Now you have that coming in. You can work on that. But boom, push. And they help each well. other, too. Exactly. Right. They help each other. Very so. complimentary. And, and, you know, another thing, too, which which happened in the agency when we started the podcast, maybe six months, months later, was that a lot of clients started coming to us to produce their podcast. Yeah. So now I think neighborhoods managing and producing maybe 10 to 15 podcasts as well. Wow. In Toronto. Yeah. And here in Miami. And here, yeah, sorry. And yeah. here as well. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are, are more like content-based versus running ads. Like content. 100%. Yeah, no, we, content we, we, don't, we don't do, uh, I mean, very minimal. But we stick we, to what we're good at, you exactly, know? That's, exactly. That's the thing. And I think when it comes to social content, I think that's our, our bread and butter. And I think people know that as well now. Um, but again, we won't, we won't say no to someone yeah. who wants <laughs> digital ads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do find ourselves doing a lot more content, let's say, than, yeah. than anything else. And again, it's what you guys are good at. It's what yeah. you enjoy doing. Stick you're already you're doing at. it as yeah, well. If, if someone's like, all right, show me your portfolio no, of, I know, of right? your podcast exactly. that you've helped. You're like, all right, look at ours. Yeah, yeah. so that recipe, so. and because we're still learning about our podcast, we're implementing these changes for our clients too. Yeah. And they appreciate that. They're like, oh, these, let's say we got, we, we, we found a way to make thumbnails better. Now all our clients are getting that sauce too. Yeah, that's so cool. good. That's cool. so good. Cool guys. Well, well, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Yeah, I think no. we covered a lot, and <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, no, just seeing in. your guys come up, and and I think even one two years from now, when we look back and look at this podcast, and you guys have Drake on it, it's yes. uh, it's gonna be a good memory. Yeah, we'll clip so. that back. Well, same sure. with yours, man. Same yes. with yours. You're gonna grow too, man, and yes, we're gonna sir. come and do a round two, aren't we? Of course, yeah, of sure. course. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it, man. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No, man, it's a pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much.